Hey, hey, everybody. So this is another episode of the Lead with Heart podcast, and I have a really exciting treat for you today. So this is our first podcast interview. Yay! Woo-hoo! <laughs> Woo-hoo! Um, and we're with the amazing Trudy. She is, I, I met her actually through Nick Tilia's membership uh, community, and she's just super phenomenal. She has amazing, great energy, and she is the happiness technician up in good old Australia. <laughs> good old Australia. Good old Australia. And she just has so much to teach with us today. Um, she's going to be talking about the law of repulsion and how it transformed her life. And so we're going to dive deeper into that topic today. But first, I wanted to have her introduce herself, give us a little bit of a bio and all the cool things that she's up to. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Um, Yeah. So feel free to introduce yourself, like who you are, who you serve, and what's your big mission here on earth. Great. Well, thank you so much for that glowing introduction, Amanda. Um, My (laughs) name is Trudy. I am the happiness technician. And my purpose in life is to influence and impact a whole generation of people into consciously reclaiming their happiness and fulfillment when in the past life has told them that for whatever reason, that's not for them. So that is, that is my driver. That is my purpose to, to teach happiness to people that have forgotten how to feel it and be it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so beautiful. And what inspired you to do this work that you're doing now? It's been a bit of an evolution and I'm sure there's going to be listeners out there who will have experienced similar things. Um, Growing up being the weird misfit kid um, Mm -hmm. due to a lot of trauma, I I started life on the wrong foot, I guess you would say, and I carried a lot of that um, response to that and the beliefs created in childhood into my teenage years and my adult life so for a lot of time I was depressed I was unhappy I'd been hospitalized um, two Mm -hmm. times for um, because of depression and and wanting to end my own life and Mm -hmm. it really took one of those big moments those aha moments to realize that no one was coming to rescue me and I needed to figure this out for myself why I was hanging on to the hate and the hurt with everything that I've been studying for the last 10 plus years, my, my mission became clear. There's purpose in my pain and that purpose is to create shortcuts for everybody else so they don't have to suffer. There's not much in life I haven't seen, experienced. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm here to be the shortcut for people to be happy. Um, it's like to feel alone and isolated and useless and to not want to be here. But there is the, the other side of that. So, yeah, that's what I've gotten from my life to be able to bring forward mm-hmm. to share with others. Yeah, and beautifully shared as well because that's something that I feel like a lot of people experience and we're heading into a day and age where there's not, as much stigma around mental health as there was like a decade ago, three decades ago. So we're, it feels like we're slowly making progress um, to really being more compassionate about it. Yep. Um, 
And what I love that you shared, and I just want to reflect back as well, is use the term shortcut. And um, that's something that I love teaching within the Lead with Heart community as well is every single person, whatever it is that you're teaching, whatever it is that's your mission here on earth, you're a shortcut for your ideal client. You're a shortcut Mm -hmm. for the people you're here to serve because you went through that transformation, through that journey, and you can teach what you went through. So my question for you is, what are some shortcuts? Somebody who is suffering from depression, somebody who is having a hard time in their business, who's taking things personally, who is putting a lot of pressure on themselves, what are some shortcuts that can help alleviate that? Okay. Well, there's a few. (laughs) There's so many little tiny changes you can can make to your day. Um, I think, I mean, these are things that that people talk about, you know, creating a a ritual in the morning, getting up, doing your meditation and your stretching. So, you know, I work with mental, emotional, physical and, and spiritual to support people to come back to that, that place of wholeness. But one of the biggest lessons that I had to learn, and I like to learn my lessons the hard way and go back and do it again, um, was that <laughs> the inner world is everything. And when I stopped mm-hmm. looking externally and blaming and pointing fingers and stepped back and go, and said to myself, how can I take responsibility for what's in my life and how can I move forward? For mm-hmm. me, that was a big step. It's not a step for everyone, but I think going, well, choosing what makes you happy in the moment and doing mm-hmm. it consciously because if you've spent, and I spent the first 30 years of my life really struggling with the depression identity Um, looking for those small little pockets and those little moments and and filtering through your whole experience for what is good, it's a very gentle way to start the change towards moving towards happiness. Would you like to know more? (laughs) Yeah, I could talk about this for hours. This is good. (laughs) Um, And, you know, something that when I never used to be spiritual. I used to be very hard facts, science, and if it wasn't proven by science, it was woo-woo and it meant mm-hmm. nothing. But now we know science and the spiritual have connected and they validate each other. When I started exploring the spiritual stuff and when I started learning how my body was responding and how this constant buildup of negative, negative, negative was actually feeding that to be my continued response in my head it all starts with a decision and if you're not happy you need to decide that that's not the state you want to be in start filtering but then also understand and be gentle with yourself because if you've been feeling depressed and unhappy for a long time you're you've fed your cellular body that food that's the emotional Mm. food it's used to feeling You've created neural pathways in your mind. That's your first response when something happens. That's where the electrical impulses go to and that's the first thought. All of these things that you've programmed and created through your experiences, just remember, always remember what you've learnt, 
you can unlearn. What you've wired in your brain, you can rewire. What you've fed your cellular body, you can feed different emotional food. So Mm. understanding that it doesn't have to be this way. Now, I know there's people out there that have chemical, um, chemically driven depression and this mm-hmm. isn't to say their experience is wrong. But I was listening to um, a speaker and he said 97% of depression is reactionary. And so we've programmed, really? yeah, we've programmed ourselves through no fault of our own but through mm-hmm. lack of education and support and skills and training we've taught ourselves to be unhappy so we can teach ourselves to be happy and I really hope that that gives people out there hope that if that's what you truly want there are ways to create it so what are some of those ways to create more happiness in your life Um, I remember teaching a manifesting workshop And one of the women in the group, she said, yeah, it's nice to manifest more money. Yeah, it's nice to manifest a soulmate, all that stuff. But I'm really seeking inner peace. And it made the whole group really silent. (laughs) Oh, it would. Yeah. It it was beautiful. And I remember giving her my journey and like how to get more connected to inner peace. But I would love to hear what your teaching is on that and like how you help your clients do that okay well from a cellular physical body response and this ties in with your beliefs and how you manage your emotions I always encourage people and this is an Esther Hicks thing it's not my work or anything I like to give credit where credit due (laughs) but decide what are the feelings you want to feel Right. So geared to think about what we don't want, which attracts that to us anyway. The more you think about what you don't want, it just keeps turning up. But actually focus on what you want. And if you could see my desk, I have post-it notes everywhere and they all have thoughts and feelings and, you know, and spend, if you can spend five minutes in the morning and five minutes at night Focus on feeling the feelings of what it is that you want to create in your life, whatever it is. It's it's manifesting. But Mm. what you're doing is, and what a lot of people don't realize, yes, you're you're shifting your vibration and your frequency, but that's your cellular body. And the more you feed yourself the emotions that you want to feel, the more the cells of your body, when they divide, and this is what I love about cellular work, Every time oh, this your, is exciting. <laughs> every time your cells divide, they uh-huh. feed on the predominant emotion that you are experiencing in that moment. And so if you are constantly feeling anxious and depressed, depressed, down on yourself, and your cells are dividing, you have you know, trillions of cells in your body, right? So you hit to a, hit a point where that's just your, your balance point. That's your homeostasis. That's where you sit. What you need to do is feed your cells different food. Mm. And I, I, I bring this up is because you need to also be aware, and this is probably really important for manifestors as well, when you're going through the transformation of emotion and shifting out of an old identity, an old way of being and an old way of feeling, your cellular body, if it's full of certain amount of cells like that are sad cells, 
mm-hmm. you're feeling good, feeling good, feeling happy, those sad cells will get to a point where they want to be fed the emotion of sadness. So mm-hmm. those cells will create experiences for you to be sad. No. So they get fed. So this is really important for people and, you know, it was a big learning curve for me mm-hmm. because, you know, getting out of that depression identity, I'd feel really good, really good, and then something would happen and it would feel like my world had fallen out from from underneath me, not realising that that was my cellular body just wanting to eat the emotional food that it was used to eating. And so when you're really wanting to build on your happiness, to me it's like I'm not going to wave a magic wand and tomorrow you'll feel amazing for the rest of your life. But understanding how your physical body works is was step one for me because then I could move into the, all right, I'm going to feed myself these happy feelings every day, however it was that I wanted to feel, so whether it was more confident or more calm. And I'm also going to be aware of how I'm wiring my neural networks so to support that particular feeling so I want to feel Mm -hmm. calm so at night I would write lists a hundred reasons why I deserve to be feel to feel calm and in this process so you would sit down an hour before bed and you just write non-stop a hundred 120 reasons I'm an overachiever so I would like aim for 150 (laughs) Um, you want to aim for a minimum of 100 because this is part of the neural networking and rewiring new neural pathways, read that list out before you go to sleep, read it first thing in the morning, do that, read it for the next week. I'm feeding the emotional cells. I'm creating a new neural pathway in my brain because we want to make that the the new predominant thought. And then Mm -hmm. while I'm doing that, I'm getting comfortable and creating safety around feeling a new feeling that I'm not potentially used to feeling. So in that space of feeling the emotions, doing the writing activity, and you have to do it pen to paper and write for an hour because your arm will get tied and that's part of the process of telling the brain that this new thought is important and it helps with the myelination of the pathway as well, which makes the thought transfer quicker. And then doing that and getting comfortable with the the emotions, like that as a little package is probably a really powerful way for anyone who's listening to get started. So if you can't afford a coach or anything, do that. Do the writing. Do the feeling. Feel where the cells are in your body. Feed that spot in your body. Like I did that work for, for months and wow. it really supported me to transform my life. There's mm. other things as well, but that's actually a really good starting point. Writing and activity at night, five minutes in the morning, five minutes at night, write your list, read it out morning, night, out loud for a week, even longer. That will get you started. And you know what's so interesting about all this as well is there's like this law of consistency that's popping up mm-hmm. as like you're talking Um, Because when you mentioned 100 times, I was like really curious, like why 100? Why that number? And then as you started talking more, you were talking about how your arms get tired. And then that's like a little signal for your brain saying this is important. Yeah. You know, for for the science people out there, 
you know, it's technically a minimum of 80 times because that's the number that they've seen um, that it takes for the neural pathway to rewire to a new pathway from the old thought. But that's the first step because you want to myelinate the pathway. That's why you want to read it and say it and feel it and think it and really embody it, not only in your physical body but also in your brain. Um, because, you know, for somebody like myself who spent mm -hmm. a good 30 years really struggling to find joy and happiness, being able to, to do that and take that action, that was backing myself, but it really supported the, the shift. I was going somewhere with that, but I just had a blank in my brain for a moment. So we'll no, no, no. It, it was like really, really good. <laughs> yeah. Because like what I'm hearing and just like reflecting it back is that consistency really helped you to rewire your brain. And it makes sense because a lot of spiritual teachings, especially around like affirmations, for mm. example, they talk about repetition, repetition, repetition. Yeah. And how it relates to the science is you, you're literally reprogramming neuropathways mm -hmm. and um, You've got training it. your body to, like, you know, say, hey, this is important. Hey, pay attention to yeah. this. Um, because what I see a lot of times in the spiritual coaching, personal development space is there are um, people who go to every workshop, every, read every book and mm -hmm. And they still feel like they haven't made any progress. And it sounds like it's less about ingesting new information across the board, but more being very intentional and focused oh, with yes. how it is you want to feel, what it is you want to program, and really diving deep into yeah. that area. So if it's an affirmation around developing more inner peace in your life then that's going to be 80 to 100 times you're reading it you're writing it and then for you you mentioned you're it took you it. months you're you're you're, mm -hmm. you're acting on it um because it's it's really fascinating that you've brought this up because I was recently working with one of my mentors and he was sharing that you know coaching isn't just about having the breakthrough it's about creating the ritual to support mm. the breakthrough to create the change and that's when the transformation occurs mm. like they're saying just do one session with me and I'll fix your thing forever I'm a yep. little skeptical <laughs> with what I know I'm not saying that that can't happen because if somebody is ready for the healing and it comes along boom of course it can but not Every coach is skilled to be able to truly do that. So, yeah, I think it, it really is giving yourself some time and space for your transformation, but also ritualizing it and getting mm -hmm. that consistency. So, yeah, that's why the, you know, my example for me is I have a morning ritual. I get up at 6.30, I do my morning prayer, I do my visualization, my stretches, listen to hypnosis tracks or different audios and things and that couple of hours to mm -hmm. two and a half hours in the morning that's my transformation time that's all ritualized mm. that just further embodies and embeds and locks in all of the work that I'm I'm doing on myself so something for so the my, listeners to consider yeah so my question for you is so we have the ritualization aspect of it Mm -hmm. But where does the law of repulsion come into play? Well, <laughs> law of repulsion. I think everyone who's listening to this is 
at least heard of the law of attraction, right? I first heard of the law of attraction. I watched The Secret and I sat under a tree and I'm like, where's all this money coming from to come to me? (laughs) Like I think most people who are new Mm -hmm. into it respond. And it's only really been, I think it was December 2018, that Nick Tillier introduced me to spiritual law. I wasn't Mm -hmm. open to it before that. And the law of repulsion, when I learnt it, just knocked me sideways. I didn't understand how my neediness and Mm -hmm. my clinging and my desperation was repelling all of the things that I could see for myself but could never quite reach or hang on to or quite touch. Um, And knowing that shifting away from need to desire and, and being able to let go of attachment to how things had to show up or had to be. Mm-hmm. You even hear it in the language, I had to be this way. And that yeah. holding on so <laughs> tight that things just slipped through my fingers anyway. It really, it was, you know, law of polarity, right? Understanding attraction mm. but also understanding repulsion was I just was able to come to a, a real inner peace and a, a middle ground. Am I perfect at it? Yeah, every now and then I can drop down into the <laughs> neediness, but I can catch myself. And so mm. for the, the listeners who might be going, what are you talking about? It's replacing need with desire, having mm. it into a higher purpose than just wanting to have it for the sake of having it and allowing it to be drawn to you without desperately seeking it. And that was a big lesson for me because with my background of trauma and stress and depression, I was very needy, very clingy, very holdy oni, and anything that mm. did have that desperate thing that pulled it in if I got it and oh, I would just lose things because I would hang on so tight, it would just all fall away and then I would get more angry and frustrated. Giving mm-hmm. that space to allow with anyone who wants to manifest, you know, there's got to be that space of allowing and, and desire. And yeah, it was it was huge for me. People might be listening, mm-hmm. going, "Really? What?" <laughs> it, it, it really because I was raised in lack, and I always felt I had to fight for everything that I wanted. So I don't know if that's been your experience at all, but that uh, for for things. Yeah, definitely. Um, just like hearing you speak, like I, I feel this like energy of the rug being pulled underneath you energy. So it sounds like when somebody is experiencing clinginess or neediness or like controlling attachment energy around what it is that they're manifesting or bringing into their life, there's this also this underlying emotion or thought that the rug could be pulled underneath mm-hmm. you. So even if they, um, and I see, see this hap- happen a lot too, where people will have like a 10K, 20K, 30K month in their coaching business, and then they'll manifest, <laughs> you know, <laughs> a really large bill or yep. they'll manifest, um, you know, really outrageous Client taxes or, taxes. you know, clients. <laughs> Yes, yes. Like all these things that'll take that money they just manifested. And it sounds like the root emotion underneath it is one, a fear of this could be pulled away from me at any time. So they're manifesting this can be pulled away from me at any time. And it is. And then the, yeah. (laughs) And then the other aspect of it is 
um, not feeling worthy of keeping it. Yep. So um, I know I struggled one. with that big time. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I had to work on that hard mm-hmm. part of the keeping aspect, you know? So definitely vibe with that. Yep. Yep. I, yep. <laughs> honestly, the last 18 months or so have just, I don't know, for me, it's been a baptism in fire. I've completely mm. rebuilt myself. It's great. Yes. <laughs> No, that's awesome. And it's funny because I was talking to, I forgot who I was talking to, but I was talking about like energetic standards. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. I did a talk on energetic standards. Okay. I was talking about energetic standards and you know, when uh, people say they put their, their foot in the ground and they're saying like enough is enough. And, you know, I set a new standard that I'm not going to make below this amount, or I set a new standard that I'm going to meet the love of my life this year, or I set a new standard that I'm going to get into the best shape of my life. This usually happens around new year's. Right. And, um, so there's that energy of declaring and setting the intention, which is good, but it sounds like we're, most people mess up where the law of repulsion comes into play is the next part, that next energy part, which is getting your faith up, getting your trust up Mm -hmm. and getting your allowance up. So my question for you is what are some ways for somebody who is typically clingy, needy struggles in manifesting in a certain area of their life to not be so attached and to learn to surrender more in their manifesting. Yeah, look, it really started for me, it started with awareness and checking in when I was declaring and deciding. And I find that when I speak things out loud, I can hear in my voice and I can hear in my language if this is a beautiful desire thing, a purpose-driven thing, or if it's a needy thing. Like you can even hear mm. in the tone of my voice like how, oh, I've got to have this. If I don't get this, I'm, oh, I'm going to, uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so speak your desires out loud and listen to the words you use because as soon as you say, I have to, I must, like, you know, if I don't get this, like the world is over, like that's going to trigger the law of repulsion. But if you can stand there and go, you know, call on God, spirit, universe, source, whatever it is that you believe in and say, I desire this. This is for a bigger purpose than me. This is something that I feel so worthy of and something that I love and I'm excited to receive. And in that, let go of the needing to know every single step or process or action that's going to take to get it. Mm-hmm. For a control freak like me, that was that was a big challenge to surrender, you know, to like when I talk about control and, you know, your fists are clenched, I turn my hands upside down so you can see the tops of your hands and I just open up my hands and palms mm-hmm. into the ground. It's like release, let go, release, let go. And physically use my body to remind me and to to teach myself that that's the state I want to be in, kind of like feeding the cells, right? But listening, but speaking it out loud and, and seeing what comes back to you. And and look, I was I was blessed. I I had um, like we we both know Nick. I've had him mm-hmm. as a coach and a mentor and for since December two thousand and eighteen, and please listeners get support find somebody if you're especially if you're new to this find somebody who can hear what you can't hear yet who can guide you and um 
pick you up if the manifestation doesn't quite work and you stand on their shoulders so you don't have to, you know, do the do the long walk on your own. Um, having support and giving myself permission and knowing that I'm worthy of that support, it's an art of the transformation as well. That's that's so big. I, I noticed that in my own journey and my own life as well where the seasons where I didn't have support were the seasons I was – um, most depressed I was mm-hmm. most I felt the energy of pressure all the time I felt overwhelmed yeah. I felt burnt out um, when I hired my social media manager there was a lot of control issues that came up where I was like well I, I should be doing all my social media I should be you know all these shoulds should, came should, up. Should, 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 shitting all over yourself right <laughs> And, <laughs> and um, it, I, I slowly started to relax and be and uh, ease up a bit more as she was managing my social media accounts, as she was managing my email list. And then it was like, oh, what do I do with all this space now? Um, How delicious to just yeah. the luxury of having that. Oh, nice. Sorry, mm-hmm. I just had to share yeah. that. That just sounded so luxurious. I'd be lost yeah. without my team. But that's a <laughs> right, gift I exactly. gave myself and a non-negotiable like you. Yep. Yeah, and I, I feel when when I talk to newer entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs that are a bit more seasoned but are still doing the one-man or one-woman show is uh, this releasing of control and surrendering into deep beautiful support yeah um when you first start yeah and when you first first start your business you know you're wearing multiple hats the pressure is on but um the true transformation happens when you allow yourself to get that support when you feel like I'm worthy of the support when um you create that space because in that space that's where the brilliant ideas that's where Mm -hmm. the shifts that's where the transformations truly happen um so my question for you is for an entrepreneur how can they if they struggle with burnout if they struggle with over hustling if they struggle with um you know self-criticism comparison how do they shift out of that energy and really learn the art of surrender? Well, it kind of goes into that um, that ritual and that transformation. Like if you're wanting to create that space and you've had the breakthrough, yes, I need to surrender. Great. Okay, how can how can you create a ritual around that so you can actually embody the transformation? So whether it starts with, you know, that half an hour in the morning or you don't check your email for the first hour of the day. Like it, it shows up for, it can show up in so many different ways. But I have a rule for myself because I used to do the 12, 14 hours a day that was just being busy for the sake of being busy because, you know, I went through a stage where my, my, my business was not going well, but it was all tied into my self-worth. If I'm not hustling, if I'm not doing this, I'm not good enough, I'm a failure, this is what business is. So what are your beliefs around what being a business owner is? But I only have in my diary five things a day. That's it. I used to be the to-do list queen of 50 things and I could never get through the list 
and I'd be constantly adding things and mm. no wonder I was burnout, exhausted, depressed, repelling anything that I wanted because I was so needy and I didn't get help because of that control. But if you feel like your, you know, control is a thing for you, here's a question for you. How letting go of control create more freedom for you? Because we get into business to be free. I don't know mm. anyone who has their own business who isn't doing it for, on some level to have that freedom to be, to express, to create. So, um, but I really had to, from a very practical application, I really had to manage my to-do list. I do five mm. things a day. That's it. And That's I, really I allocate good. how much time I'm spending on them. I prioritize their order. I do them, I tick them off in my book and then I look at that and go, did I really need to be doing that today? Can I delegate that to my team? Is that mm -hmm. something that I genuinely love? And, you know, now my team manages my scheduling, my social, some social media stuff for me and that's freedom for me. And ultimately at the end of the day, when I work with my clients, control is an illusion you can only control what's going on in you. Mm -hmm. So why don't you make the decision to feel good about what you're doing? That's my, my philosophy. You can't control, I can't control, I'm in Melbourne at the moment of recording, we're in stage four lockdown. I can't control wow. what's happening out there, but I can control how I feel about it. I can control how I show up, but I can't control how the person down the, the street is going to respond if I walk past, like, whatevs so reinventing what control means to you is a huge thing just be very aware of the the what's driving any need that you have to hang on to control of everything get support if you can't unstuck get unstuck from that yourself yeah because <laughs> i didn't figure Definitely. this out for myself i was working with somebody who who showed me these things and mm -hmm. supported me yeah, I, I think that's so huge. Um, it's interesting with everything that's happening with COVID, it's made us, you know, especially with the quarantining, we're home, you know, it's making very isolated. You're, mm. you're not going out to concerts, you're not going out to, you know, to bars, you're not like, uh, going out to co-working spaces as much. Um, but that community aspect, mm. I know, when COVID first started, that was a non-negotiable for me because, um, you know, every, a lot of people were, we were all really stressed out. Yeah. Like not everybody, but like, a, you lot know, of people. A, yeah. a lot of people were really stressed out. Our fear and trauma responses came up. Our mm -hmm. control responses came up. So mm -hmm. in terms of law of repulsion, there was a lot of, you know, chaotic energy that came up when yeah. um, COVID first happened. And I remember telling myself uh, absolutely for me to get through this, I need support. Yep. And that's when, you know, I hired a coach during that time and uh, joined that community. Mm -hmm. And um, I started a book club with, yep. with my cousins at the time. And I just really made sure that my life was filled with really strong support. Yep. Um, I've Something that we teach in Lead With Heart community, we, we talk a lot about automation and softwares and hiring and, you know, setting up your marketing strategies in a way to create space. Um, but one of the key aspects of that, too, is 
you design your lifestyle first and then your business supports that lifestyle. You design your, yeah, versus. Where were um, you 10 years ago when I started my business? Right. Right? Versus (laughs) like, you know, the whole like boss, babe, bro marketer world is like, just grind it out and get to the results and do whatever you got to do. When Back in 2016, you know, I was getting featured in media outlets left and right. I was networking with all these like really cool influencers, but I had this underlying energy of anxiety 24 seven because of this competition energy, because of this, like having to keep up with the Joneses energy of, because of this energy of like, oh, you better hit Forbes under 30 before you (laughs) turn 30. And I just miserable. Yes. There was so much pressure. And when it comes down to it, um, it just wasn't making me happy versus Mm -hmm. now it's very, it's, more mellow. My business is more chill. You know, my main product is my membership. And um, I just have a lot more happiness and internal peace and internal joy. And um, when when you were talking this whole time on the podcast, on this interview, it just like everything that you're teaching is so golden. And if people no, truly, if people embody it, if people really listen to this interview, take action on everything you taught, they're going to have way more happiness and inner peace in their life. And that happiness and inner peace energy is going to manifest so many more beautiful things for them. So (laughs) here, here. Yeah. So my question for you as we start to close out this podcast episode is, is there anything else that you want to share with my audience? Anything that's on your heart that you're like, I really need to express right now? Well, there's there's probably two things. And the first thing is what you said, design your life and then fit your business into that. Now, I know I haven't quoted you exactly, but, (laughs) you know, your business is your thing you do. Your work is the thing you do. It's not who you are. You are an amazing individual. And um, I see too many people tie up who they are with their, their business and that. Like, be you. Celebrate you. Do what you love. But give yourself the flexibility to, you know, change and expand and grow. And, you know, oh, I just I just loved what you said there. And, and I think... <laughs> Um, another spiritual law, uh, let's, let's finish metaphysically mm-hmm. the law of correspondence as within, so without, as the universe, so the soul, like you mm. truly are the creator of your life. And, you know, 10 years ago, if somebody had have said that to me, I probably would have punched them in the face because <laughs> I was in blame yeah. and victim and mm. it was never my fault or responsibility. But when you choose the filters in which you view life, your life can't help but look different the way you want it to. So Mm -hmm. be very aware of what's going on in your own mind because that's creating your external world. And Mm -hmm. it can be hell or it can be heaven on earth. You actually get to choose. Wow. Oh, my gosh. That's so, 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 so good. Um, (laughs) Thank you. I've lived it. I've lived yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, you you can really tell. 
So thank you so much for sharing with this community. Um, is there any way they can stay in contact with you? They can like say, give you a little hello. <laughs> um, uh, where would you like to guide them? You can find me on socials, either Trudy Pavlovsky or the happiness technician. Um, I run a free group called we dream fearlessly. I've just set it up. It's new and it's fresh and it's fun and exciting. So you're welcome to come and hang out and, um, yeah, if you have any questions, um, I'm always happy to answer. Perfect. Sweet. Thank you so much, Trudy. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so grateful to have had this conversation. I could talk with you for hours. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. And um, to everybody listening, oh, this just feels really good. This is awesome. <laughs> but to everybody listening, I just want to send you all lots of love and thank you for listening in and definitely go follow Trudy. She's amazing uh, and stay connected. And as always, uh, if you love this episode, feel free to share it with your friends and family in your biz besties and feel free to write a review for the podcast. That's how we get more <laughs> into the podcast algorithm and so people can find out more about this community and this podcast as well so thank you very much sending you all lots of love